This program contains adult language and is intended for a mature audience. This is Feedback, a Q6 audio production. Written by Kevin Shea. Directed and edited by Jill Harper. Executive producer, Christine Groom. Previously on Feedback. Valerie, having opened up to Akbar, became curious about the man with whom she was spending her Sunday afternoon and learned of his troubled relationship with his thespian ex-lover. But talk of affairs stirred up unpleasant memories that Valerie did not expect to revisit. When Akbar, eager to get to the root of Valerie's trauma, took up the guise of her estranged son Bradley, she was finally given the opportunity to say what had for too long gone unsaid. Chapter 7. Where Does My Heart Beat Now? No, no, no. Go, go ahead. I'm ready. Mom? Are you there? Talk to me. Bradley? Bradley, is that you? It is. Oh, honey. Are you all right? We've been sick with worry. I'm fine. You're safe? Yes. Are you in hiding? Uh, no. You know, the police are looking for you. We spoke to a lawyer, and he said you should turn yourself in immediately. Oh. Well, well I'm, I'm safe. I'm healthy. I'm, I'm fine. What, what did the police say? I missed you. I've missed you, too. You have? Yes. Every day. Well, then, why haven't you called? I, I wasn't sure you wanted me to. Things haven't been good between us. That's true. We made mistakes. I know I made mistakes. And I'm so sorry. We can talk about that now. Well, I should have protected you more from your dad's anger. Normally he's so calm, but then he gets really worked up sometimes. But only if you disagree with him. I was just so tired when you were young, I didn't have the energy to get involved. Well, what are you doing? Just let me get this out. I'm talking to the phone company. The lawyer said... He's trying to help me. I'm sorry I stuck my nose in your business so much. We did the best we and could. And we should have put you in that special school I wanted to put you in for your learning disability. He doesn't have a learning disability. Or your behavioral problem or whatever it was. I think they could have helped you there and then you wouldn't have felt so bad about school. And we shouldn't have made you wear those special shoes when you were young. What does it matter if you can't walk in a straight line? And we shouldn't have made you play Little League. You should just leave it alone. Valerie had spent the years since Bradley moved away, diligently building a list in her mind. The list included every parenting mistake she could remember or imagine. Peppered throughout were Martin's mistakes, the mistakes of her own parents, and those of the teachers, social workers, and doctors who had failed her son. In her more despairing moments, the list grew to include other ancillary mistakes. The layout of their house, which she felt separated the family from each other. The planning of roads in their suburban development, which gave them privacy at the expense of knowing their neighbors. The transit agency, whose slowness and inefficiency required lengthy commutes by car. And the hours required of her by the Vice President Human Resources, which occasionally brought her in on weekends during a crucial period of Bradley's development or the mistakes made by politicians, which prioritized those who didn't work and wanted handouts over hard-working families like her own. When the cataloging of mistakes threatened to overwhelm her, she would pare it back down to herself. And there was one mistake in particular, a missed opportunity she'd been turning over in her head. A phone call, 15 days ago, 
when she might have saved Bradley from himself. Hello? Hi, Mom. Oh, Bradley? Yeah. Oh, oh, Dad, how are you? Just a second, just a second, I'm in the middle of something. Okay, I'm all done, I'm, I'm all done. It's so good to hear from you. I tried calling you five or six months ago, but I didn't know if that was still your number or, or what. <laughs> I left a message, but I don't know if that was even you. You changed your phone a few years ago without telling us. Let me write your number down now while I have you. Wait, let me just get a pen. Sorry, just a second. Is Dad there? Hello? I found one. I'm ready. Is Dad there? Um... He was at a doctor's appointment, but that should be over by now. I don't know where he goes sometimes. Huh. He says he just likes to drive around. Well, where? Oh, just up and down the streets. It's really weird. I tell him he should walk at least, get some exercise. Exercise is good for your mood. I'll call back later. Wait, wait. He'll be home any minute. I know he would love to talk to you. How are you? Are you still living in that basement by Lansdowne? I haven't lived there in years. Oh, really? What happened? The, the building was torn down. Oh, dear. Well, maybe that's good. It was so dark and small and damp. Did you find a new place? Yeah. Is it nice? Yeah, it's, it's great. Well, you'll have to have us over. What neighborhood is it in? It's in the East End. In the beaches? You know how expensive it is to live in the beaches? There must be some affordable apartments. I had a university friend who rented a place there. It was nice. It's not affordable. Okay, okay. Do you need some money? No. Do you have a job? Yeah, I have a job. That's great news. Is it full-time? Yeah. With benefits yeah. and a pension? Yeah. Oh, well, hold on to it. That's what your dad did, and that's why we're so comfortable. And the years on disability count towards it, so he'll get his full pension next year. Where do you work? Wait, what disability? Oh, just stress. Stress and... He gets a little down sometimes. But it's all in his head, and he goes to the doctor and the medication is pretty effective. Dad's on meds? Just an anti-anxiety and blood thinners. I honestly think it helps. What's he got to be anxious about? Oh, this and that. But tell me about your new career. I work for a website. Okay, what kind of website? Just a website. Like Zuckerberg? Yeah, sure. You know, he didn't get a degree either. And he's rich, rich, rich. <laughs> and he's got that Chinese wife. I think she's a doctor. Do you have a girlfriend? Hello? No. That's... Okay. Your girls are obsessed with two things. Books and money. They don't give a shit about your personality. Oh. Well, that's not true. It is true. You're very handsome. And you've got a good job. And personality does matter. That's why I married your dad. Right. Despite his flaws and his issues, he's been there for me again and again. And that counts for a lot. When you get older, really counts for a lot. It's everything, really. I mean... It is good to have some money, to be comfortable, and you want to make an effort to look nice. But if you can't get along most of the time, what's the point? Is there anyone at work you can ask out on a date? No. What about online dating? It 
doesn't work. Because Anna met her fiancé online. I don't know who that is. Anna Karagiannis. Helen's daughter? She used a dating website to meet her husband, who works in sales and is also Greek Orthodox? It's different for girls. I went through so many bad relationships in my early 20s. It's different now. It's a totally different world. I was ready to throw in the towel. And then, then I met your dad. And it only takes one, one good relationship and you're set. I'm telling you, it's different now. Girls are hypocrites and liars. Well, not all of them. I just think if you met the right girl and she got to know you, then, then... You're not listening. There's a plan to replace us, to make us basically extinct. I'm just saying you can meet people at any age, and with your job and your nice apartment, you just need to put a little effort in. But I won't say anything more about it. My mother was a nosy person, and it drove me crazy. You have to go. You should come over for a visit, or we could come to your apartment. What are you doing tomorrow? No, oh, I can't tomorrow. Tuesday? But I can make tomorrow work if that's the only night you're available. The weekend might be better. I can't. Oh, but your dad would really love to see you. We could meet at a restaurant. Oh, we could go to Montana's. Sure, whatever. Is this your number, the one you're calling from, 905? I'll call back. When? Later, in a few days. What time? Because your dad doesn't always answer the phone, but if he knows you're going to call... In the afternoon. Okay, I gotta go. Oh, don't you want to speak to your dad? It'll kill him if he finds out he missed you. Like you give a shit about dad. Don't say that. Not true at all. I've got to go. But you're doing all right? You're happy? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Bye. Well, as long as you're happy. And I'll tell Martin to answer the phone when it... Bradley. <sighs> Hello? Two days later, the police showed up at Valerie's door, informing her that Bradley was a wanted man. Since then, Valerie had gone over their last conversation again and again. She wondered if there was an opportunity there that she hadn't noticed, something that could have brought him back, shown him that she loved him. There were so many things she could have said. Uh, Marty? Can I have some privacy? You want me to leave the room? Please, I just want to talk to him alone. Valerie loved her husband. That's what made the regret so sharp. Martin, who had given more than he had received, who had found her in the grocery store when she was adrift, and who had married her. She could forgive him his reticence, and the way he often found himself on the opposing side of any opinion she had, and how his stubbornness and aggression only existed within the family and could not be put to use in service of its interests. She could forgive him because he was an honest and reliable man who loved her. She knew now that that was all she needed. But there was a time when Martin seemed a little too ordinary. And this was the source of her biggest regret. I know it seems like I just committed this horrible betrayal out of nowhere, but it wasn't like that. It really wasn't. You have to believe that. Okay. So, so tell me what happened. Well, I had been struggling with things at home for a while. I don't know if you knew that, the problems your dad and I had. You weren't making it easy for us. Not that it's your fault. I don't blame you. It was my mistake. But your dad and I had a lot of disagreements over how to parent someone with your needs. And those disagreements kind of drove us apart. 
we eventually had to stop talking about it. And then we just stopped talking at all for a while. And, and with Ricky, you know, I'd just been promoted to manager. And it was a lot of work because the department had been so mismanaged and our new VP was rebuilding basically from the ground up. I was having to stay late almost every night. I wanted to be at home more, but it was my first big step in my career. And I was determined to do well at it. And you were spending all that time at Andy's house and it didn't seem like you needed me. And I wish I'd been more involved in your life, but oh, you were, you were so difficult to talk to. And you wouldn't tell us anything about yourself. And well, dad said just to leave you alone because anytime we did talk, it turned into an argument. And I hated seeing you and him scream at each other. And I have a degree in psychology and that's something adolescents do go through. They have to separate themselves from the parent. So I assumed this was just a phase and I, was spending a lot of time at the office and Ricky was this really funny guy in payroll. I mean, he had us all laughing whenever he came into our office. And I think that I felt a bit that I had, I, 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 I don't know, I don't know why people do these things. You think you have a reason at the time, but then that reason changes or doesn't make sense later. You can't even remember it. But it had been really difficult at home and well, it was good to feel something else, you know, something that was new and not so heavy. Ricky was really different from your dad, who was so immersed in his own work that I don't think he had much interest in me at the time. And I didn't think it would go on for so long. And then it just kept sort of kept going because, well, it was so easy to hide it. And I thought I was getting something that I needed. But I shouldn't have done it. And I shouldn't have let it go on. And I think it was because of that that we weren't careful. And after you found us, it completely stopped. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky actually got a different job and I have not talked to him at all since. But I realize how confusing and upsetting it must have been for you. And I know we never talked about it, but I wish we had, because I think if you understood how much I regretted it, you wouldn't have been so angry at me, even though you deserve to be angry. I'm not saying you shouldn't be. I did an awful thing, but I know I did an awful thing and I wish I hadn't. And the reason I kept quiet about it isn't just because I wanted to keep it a secret. It's because, it's because I really do love your father and I just can't stand the idea of hurting him. In fact, Martin learned about the affair only a few months after its inception. His suspicions began when Valerie couldn't account for where she was when he called her at work and were confirmed when he overheard Valerie making a reservation for a hotel room. The discovery was painful and humiliating, but Martin refused to address it. Part of him wanted her to announce that she was leaving him so that he could hate her and part of him wanted her to break down in tears and confess so that he could forgive her. Instead, after a year, it seemed to end on its own. The anger he felt was quickly replaced by the grief over Bradley's estrangement. In the wake of their son leaving, Valerie and Martin clung to each other and recaptured the intimacy of the early part of their marriage, each becoming a life raft for the other. Ultimately, Martin was grateful that Valerie hid the affair from him, he knew that if she had told him, his anger might have riven their marriage irrevocably, and he could not bear the thought of his life without her. Anyway, I wanted you to have some context. It was a terrible mistake, and if I'm somehow 
responsible for why you turned out the way you did just because I wanted to feel something different. Oh, honey. I know. There are so many mistakes. Val, Val, it's Akbar speaking. I want you to listen closely to me. It's not your fault. Whatever your son did. I know, but if I... You lived your life the best way you knew how. You tried. Didn't you try? I did try. I, 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 can, I can tell just by talking to you. You are not someone who sits on the sidelines. You do the work. And you love your son. I do. I still do. You have got to give yourself a break. I can tell you need it. I can, I can hear it in your voice that you've been running yourself ragged with, with guilt. And the only thing that's going to do is weaken you. So can you give yourself a break? Yeah. Okay. What? I can't hear you. I'll try. Say it like you mean it, Val. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. To do what? To give myself a break! Val? <laughs> I'm fine! Marty, I'm fine! <sighs> You're like a guru or something. <laughs> you know, a lot of the time it's easier to see someone else's problems than your own. Yes, that's true. I'm glad you're feeling a bit better. Oh, just to talk about it makes such a difference. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. <laughs> nah, don't worry about it. I know you probably have other calls, but you've been so generous with your time. It's a... Really, really, I'm only... Um... It's a... Oh, what do the Jews say? A mitzvah. Oh. One of my colleagues is a Jew. Well, that's, that's kind of you. We could talk more about your boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> that's all right. Oh, please, Akbar, I want to help you. Well, he's not my boyfriend. But you like him. I can tell you like him. We have good chemistry. He's spontaneous, and he can be really funny and charming. He sounds pretty good. But he's also insecure, erratic, manipulative. Yeah, well, we all have flaws. <laughs> I guess. You don't think you have flaws, Akbar? Of course I do. Like what? Well, I can be overly sensitive and controlling, nosy, and kind of emotionally removed, I guess. There you go. You've each got your flaws. It doesn't mean you can't be together. Well, thank you for the advice. I'm sorry to be getting involved, but I just want you to be happy. Okay, I'm perfectly happy. Good. And I won't bring it up again, but you should listen to me. I've been married for 41 years. I know what it's like to accept someone for who they are. And to accept yourself, too, because that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. So about this $18 in overage charges, There I... you go, avoiding the subject again. Oh, I'm just trying to resolve the issue for you. Do you accept yourself or not? I don't really know what that means. Because if you don't accept yourself, how are you going to accept somebody else? Uh-huh. So, what's holding you back? Is it because you're a Muslim? No. Is it because you're a cross-dresser? I am a drag artist, and no, nothing is holding me back. I'm free. You're not free, Akbar. I can hear it in your voice. You're afraid. <sighs> okay. I'm fine. I don't think you are. What exactly did Bradley do? I mean, why are the police looking for him? Oh, I'm not supposed to say. I really... I shouldn't. He attacked some people on the street. Strangers. Random strangers. That's what the police say. And there, at least one of them is in intensive care. But we hired a really expensive lawyer because it can't be like they say. He must have been provoked. I can't believe he would attack anyone just out of the blue like that. It seems very strange. They said because of his videos it has to do with race. They think it's a hate crime? Okay. 
but I have trouble believing it. He didn't grow up around that stuff. This is in Mississippi. Uh-huh. And I've watched his videos, and some of them don't even really make any sense. Anyway, the lawyer's having them analyzed, whatever that means. Marty thinks he might be, you know, there might be some kind of mental issue, and the lawyer might try and use that as a defense. But Bradley wasn't retarded or mentally insane. He doesn't belong in a hospital. There must be some other reason, like maybe it was somebody else who looked like him, and it's all just a misunderstanding. Akbar, are you still there? Uh, yeah. Well, um, I just hope the people, um, the victims, I hope them and their families are going to be okay. What does that mean? You don't think I hope they're okay? Oh, no, 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 you don't no. think I wake up every morning feeling absolutely sick I, about I really, it? I truly was not trying to suggest that. I abhor violence. I just abhor it. And if he did do those things, if he hurt those people just because of their race, I don't know. I really don't know. Because I have a hard time believing he did it. But if he hurt or, God forbid, killed anyone, I mean, Jesus, I don't know. I don't know. It's all right. It's all right. I mean, you blame the mother, right? You blame the mother when the child turns out wrong. You don't blame the father when the mother tries to have something for herself that she's not supposed to have. That is absolutely not what I was trying to say. If your son committed a crime, that's his fault and his alone. Please don't cry. I'm I'm not. I'm fine. It's fine. Val, I I didn't mean anything by that. Val, talk to me. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I really was just trying to help. I'm not a trained therapist. I'm just a CSR. I should have been more sensitive. I can, I can hear you breathing, Val. Listen. Listen to me. So much to believe in. We were lost in time. Everything I needed, I feel in your eyes. Always thought of keeping your heart next to mine. But now that seems so far away. Don't know how love could leave without a trace. Where do silent hearts go? Where do silent hearts go? Where? Where does my heart beat now? Where is the sound that that only echoes echoes through the the night? Where does my heart beat now? I can't live without Without feeling it inside Where do all the lonely hearts go? Candle in the water Drifting helplessly Hiding from the thunder Come and rescue me Driven by the hunger Of the endless stream I'm searching For the hand that I can hold I'm reaching 
for the arms that let me know where do silent hearts go where does my heart beat now where is the sound that only echoes through the night where does my heart beat now i can't live without without feeling it inside where do all the lonely hearts go All the lonely hearts go Feedback was written by Kevin Shea, directed and edited by Jill Harper, with music by Bram Geelan, and sound design and mastering by Tim Lindsay. Featuring performances by Nadine Baba, David Coomber, Caitlin Driscoll, Rosemary Dunsmore, Kasim Khan, Tom McCamus, Nkasi Ogbonna, Ben Sanders, Jonathan Tan, and Connor Thompson. Christine Groom was the executive producer for Q6 Audio Productions. Feedback was made possible through the support of the Canada Council for the Arts. Recording took place at Eggplant Studios in Toronto, Canada. Jack Rudy and Emily Gauguin were our audio engineers, and Mike Ronan was our producer at Eggplant. If you enjoyed this episode, please write a review, share, or tell a friend. Q6 is a not-for-profit organization. If you want to support future projects, check out our website at q6.ca, that's C-U-E number 6.ca, to see what we have coming up and hit the donate button.